welcome to Liberate Your People Pleaser. You might be a people pleaser if you tend to feel guilty when you do actually have the nerve to say no, if you tend to prioritize other people's wants and needs, even at your own expense, you tend to keep your mouth shut and not rock the boat, and you feel like it's never your turn. Well, I am here to tell you that it is your turn now and you are in the right place at the right time being exactly who you are because there's nothing wrong with you. People pleasing is just a habit that we get into to cope with various things that at one time in our life were way too stressful to deal with. And so much like a class clown will learn to tell jokes, we learn to please other people. And I say we because I have been there. So I am here in this podcast every week as your guide to an inner journey of liberation. Join me for this next episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Welcome everyone to this episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. I am very happy today, in a little bit of a selfish way even, to have Valerie DeLuga with us. And she is a love coach, I'm going to call you. Is that okay? Yes. Is that a good way yeah. to call it and say it? Mm-hmm. And I hope I didn't mispronounce your last name. Is you it got DeLuga? It. Okay. All right. And so this is a topic near and dear to my heart because I coach a lot of people who are in relationship drama of some sort. They're either (laughs) in relationships they're not very happy in. And of course, sometimes through the coaching that ends up getting better. Sometimes what better means is they get the self um, confidence, you know, to leave the relationship. Sometimes they come to me right after the relationship is over, you know, because they're trying to process what happened there and their own um, emotional response to that and all of that. And then I'm single. Uh, so I have and ready my, to mingle <laughs> yeah, and ready to mingle. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think this is going to be a really exciting conversation today and something that everybody in the audience is going to be able to relate to because the conversation around dating relationships, all things romantic also you know, spreads into conversations about career and relationships with family because it's all connected, right? We're all one person. Um, So please, Valerie, tell the audience what you do and then kind of a little bit of your own story for how you got here. Sure. Yes. Hi, everyone. My name is Valerie. Uh, I am a marriage and family therapist and a dating and relationship coach. I started to describe what I do as a dating doula and uh, oh, I love that. Oh, I love that dating doula because awesome. because the journey of love is tough, and you need yeah. someone holding your hand, giving you some ice chips, doing your laundry. Well, I don't do laundry, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> and a friend of mine, you know, took the analogy even further and said, "Man, it is tough to get squeezed through that birth canal of a relationship. The love canal, yeah, <laughs> the love yeah. canal can be tough." So. Um, I help people who want to be loved and love to, to love and be loved. Mm-hmm. And that can be tough sometimes. And so um, the way I got here was 
<laughs> you know, I, I, I joke that um, my master's in psychology sort of um, enabled my relationship to keep going. I think <laughs> I, if without it, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know what would have happened, but I just got so many aha moments of like, oh, that's what's happening. That's yeah. what's happening. And I think that love activates everything inside of us, right? All of our sensations, our emotions, uh, the beliefs about ourselves. And so it, mm -hmm. love is so activating that sometimes it's really hard to figure out what's going on. And so mm -hmm. that's why I get so excited to teach people tools and sort of frameworks to kind of understand what's going on. I love that because it is, it is very activating. That's such a good word because certain things in our lives are so core, I think, to our psyches and who we are, you know, at the very, whatever, heart and soul of our being and our love relationships, especially romantic relationships, really, I'll just use your word again, activate, because it's such a great mm -hmm. word and it's so much prettier than trigger, mm -hmm. activate. <laughs> You really describe you know, happening. The good, bad, and the ugly, right? It can it can bring out the part of me that feels the most grounded in who I am, right? I love to love others and I can feel like so in my own, you know, authenticity. Yep. And then it can take me away from that, where in an attempt, then so I'll I'll package this from sort of the people pleaser perspective and typical pattern, because that's who our audience is, that we will tend to then start giving up pieces of ourself mm -hmm. and or stop prioritizing what we want and need. Sure. And I think that it's so innocent usually, right? Like we don't especially for yeah. anybody who has any awareness that they're a people pleaser, like you don't start out saying, you know, on date two, Ooh, I really like this man or woman. I think I'll start giving myself away to them. I think I'll start making them a bigger priority than anything else in my life. No, but slow, but in small ways, kind of step yeah. by step, that is what happens. And then it's like, we wake up mm -hmm. however long it takes yes. months, years down the road and go, holy shit, I don't even know what I want, who I am. I'm having sex when he wants to have sex. I'm not having sex when he doesn't want to have sex. I'm at, you know, I'm yes. eating the way she likes to eat. I mean, like all of a sudden you just realize piece by piece, you've allowed your life to sort of dwindle away. So mm -hmm. tell me your, your thoughts on that and what the kinds of things you do to help people, you know, break that pattern. That's how, that's how I like to think of people pleasing mm -hmm. is like, it's just a series of habits that we picked up as coping mechanisms when we were probably kids and, you know, there's nothing wrong with us, but those habits aren't serving us anymore. And so we need to sort of break that habit and replace it with something else. So, um, Take it away, Valerie. <laughs> that was a big setup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. Um, yeah, so you describe perfectly what I have helped so many clients through. It's all of a sudden eight years later. Do mm -hmm. I even know what I want? Am mm -hmm. I even a, a part of this equation of what happens in the relationship? Am I respected? Um, 
I want to say first that I really um, admire the way that you talk about people pleasing. You're not pathologizing it. Yeah. It's not something that, um, you know, is so bad and wrong. And, yeah. and I, I, that's in line with sort of what I ask clients is just, well, just how is it working for you? Let's not call anything good or bad. How is that working for you? Is it, is it serving you? Is it no longer serving you? And um, I love the quote uh, the question that asks, um, when did you abandon yourself for the other? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Everybody take a breath <laughs> and let that sink in. When did you abandon yourself for the other? Yes. Because that is what happens. Every one of those little steps that I just called people pleasing is a self abandonment. And yes. that's why it ends up being so painful. Yes. Right? Yes. Uh, and so confusing. And I love to just get people to visualize. So if you're, it's safe to close your eyes to just kind of see the, the part of you that is saying yes and um, agreeing to the other person's request. And then to see that part of you that's still like kind of left in the um, control system, like, wait a minute, what did you just say? Like, right. you know, you're, you're cashing checks that we can't, you know, you're, right. you're writing checks that we can't catch. And yeah. imagine like yourself saying like, you know, what? <laughs> Questioning yourself, what? You said yeah. that you would, you would do that laundry. You right. know, we've got to go to bed. Like we're tired. We don't mm -hmm. feel well or, you know, whatever that may be. But if you if you can get yourself to sort of, you know, look at yourself from that point of view, I think it really that really hits home because it can sound very dramatic. And I've I've been accused of being dramatic before, but it can sound Me dramatic, right? <laughs> it's not dramatic to just say, when did you abandon yourself? Like, okay, therapist, calm down. Like, I didn't abandon myself. But I think in little ways, in little right. ways we do and your need was x and you you promised y yes and i think that one of the things about it that makes it or this has been the way it played out in my life i know that you know everybody's story is unique but i know for me like when i would look at any one decision like even as i was later so i've been married twice Mm -hmm. First time, 16 years, then single for two and married again for two. Okay. Then I spent, cause I, I realized the second marriage was just like the first. I'm like, no, I'm not doing this over again. <laughs> I, I, I'm a, I'm a classic, you know, example of the person who did the same mistake a second time. So that one didn't last. Forever. So I have like 18 years, basically, you know, out of 20 that I'm married. Okay. Right. Then I went in a big period of being single. And I mean, I dated and da, 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 but I didn't have another serious relationship like where we moved in together. Okay. Until like 15 years later or so. And as it turns out, even though I was much wiser at that point, and I had been through tons of therapy, I mean, I'm a big fan of therapy. Sure. I've been in lots of therapy. I've had a fantastic a couple of really good therapists and then one that I was with long, you know, for many years off and on. And she's fantastic. And um, anyway, so I'm like, now I've got it, you know, this is going to be my really good, healthy relationship. And what I found there was the sort of sneaky uh, 
power of that old habit Mm. that in any one of the ways that I deferred, you know, and prioritized, I said no to, or yes, whichever, to something that wasn't really what I wanted. Any one of those was so small, kind of, it's like, well, what's the big deal? I I don't mind staying up an extra 30 minutes to get that laundry in, (laughs) right? You know, nothing, nobody's perfect, you know, no relationship is, I mean, I don't always get to have my way just because I'm being healthy in a relationship, you know? And so I had all this list of excuses, uh, until two years later, I woke up and was like, oh shit, like this isn't an isolated here and there. This is happening all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. And just sort of that drip, drip, drip of it. And he he did something super dramatic, which I'm in the end grateful for, but it was so kind of emotionally abusive, not kind of, it was (laughs) that I was like, oh, you know, and I woke up and it was like, and then I saw so clearly all those things that I dismissed along the way or rationalized. But, and I have this so often with clients, which is why I'm bringing this up because I really want to hear your perspective on it, is that it's, it can be easy, even if we're trying not to, you know, drop into the people pleaser stuff to be like, oh, well, that, that wasn't, that probably wasn't it. That I, I'm just, you know, I don't get to have my way all the time. I, of course, right. I, sometimes I'm going to do something I don't want to do. So how do we, because I asked myself this thinking about getting in another relationship, how do we build that? I don't know if it's a barometer or a sensitivity or yeah. something to know where are we in the realm of kind of normal give and take. And then when have we dropped into too much of that? I mean, I realize it's different for everybody, but what are your sure. thoughts? You know, the exact line is different for everyone, but just mm-hmm. so we can help understand that. Yeah, that, and that's a great, that's actually a great example. First, I would just like the foundation of that. I'd like to say, you know, part of my framework in working with single women um, specifically is that we need to center ourselves first. And, and I sort of reframe that, that single part of the journey as this is your opportunity to really dial in and have and get the practice, get to what it feels like to say, what do I want to do today? What would feel good to me? How would I like to spend this day? And it's almost, if you've been a people pleaser, it's, it's almost building that muscle again. And you might have mm-hmm. to discover that, right? Mm-hmm. So there's lots of things that I'm, I'm, I'm on a mission to bring it back and make it sexy again, right? So yeah. I'm, trying to bring, <laughs> I'm trying to bring back, if we've ever had it, centering yourself. And yeah. our culture, we know why, our culture has um, sort of looks down on that, right? It's selfish to center yourself. But mm-hmm. we all know the very basic analogy of the airplane right? Yeah. Have your own mask before you try to help someone else. Yeah. Your mask, get your oxygen. You're going to need it. And I think our brains can, can sort of go, okay, yes. Right. It's the same as centering. Who else's job is it to take care of you, right? And I'm all for community care and, and living, right? Like taking care of each other, all of that. Like, I'm not dismissing that, but we've, mm-hmm. I think we've also sort of, we hope that if we do this for someone else, they'll take care of us. Yes. That's also a love myth, 
right? Yes. Um, if they really love me, if this was true love, I wouldn't have to ask for what I need. Woo! Woo! Yes, yes. Another mic drop. Yes. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> it's yes. so easy to get caught in that, you know, if they loved me or mm-hmm. even without that setup, they should be, right? Because that ends up being my perception that you should be making me feel good about myself giving the power of self-validation to our partner. Right. Yes. And that um, if they really loved me, they, they would know what I need. And mm-hmm. it's so, it's so funny that, cause it's such a paradox that actually the research shows that the skill of assertiveness mm-hmm. is one of the highest predictors of relationship satisfaction. Do e- and that means do each, does each partner know how to, um, identify their own needs and then yeah. ask for it and get yeah. it right. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's actually not even this standard that we should be going for. Oh yes. I, you know, she just, she knows what I need. No, that's actually not it. Maybe if you're in, in a very long-term relationship, or you're with someone with who's empathic, maybe um, it's right. nice sometimes, but it is very important to know how to ask for what you need. So yeah. In answer to that question is, I think that how you how you uh, prepare for not going into that cycle again is really doing the hard work around centering yourself mm-hmm. and really checking in first. What do I need? What do I want? Would I be abandoning myself and my needs if I said yes to that? Do I, you know, do I want to have an opinion here or is it OK that right? Like, um, I just don't care. Right. That's, That's a good one. Do I want to have an opinion here? So because I'm it's easy to give that up, right? right? Even just, we're just having a conversation. I like this. You don't like whatever. Then do I let go of my opinion? Yeah. And if you've, if you have to let go of your own opinions to be with someone, that's a, that's a huge red flag, right? Yeah. And, um, this, you know, this, this, um, person I worked with eight years, uh, to figure out, wow, I, I was not a priority in this relationship. And that's the work we're doing now is wh- what do you, what do you like? What do you want? And, you know, I did finally say to her at one point, you know, it just sounds like you're not cherished mm-hmm. in this relationship. Mm-hmm. That, like you're, and, and I mean, I'm a sensitive person. It's hard to say that. Right. But then right. I know that this is probably what needs to be said. And I, and I think actually she had sort of hinted at that anyway. I said, it just doesn't sound like you feel loved for who you are, that you can be yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yourself. So Brenda, when you ask like when, okay, yeah, some of those things are really great. Like I don't always get to have my way. Right. Sure. I can, I can stretch. Right. They, like, right. like I can do, I have margin in my life. Right. Control center says, yeah, we're running really good. Well, you can do that, right? You have the extra energy. But I would ask, are those same things extended to you by your partner? Right, right, right. And of course, in my case, they were not. I mean, you know, hands down, it's a lot easier to see in hindsight, you know, than when, when you're in the middle of it. But Um, I think, so I'm super intrigued, but because I think what you're saying is so spot on that, you know, when I look at my own relationships and and the people I've coached, there is that point of which, whether it's an opinion or 
something we want or need where there are those little abandonments, like the tiny, you know, a thousand paper cuts, Mm -hmm. you know, and and one at a time, it's like, oh, how maybe, but okay, it's not a big deal. But then you get a thousand of them and it starts to be a big deal. So what do you, what, you know, not that we can solve all the things in one little podcast episode, but I'm curious for the person listening That's like having a holy shit moment. Like, I think I'm starting to get that I'm not a priority. I'm not being cherished in this relationship. What's a kind of, or maybe just the, like, I realize I don't know what I want. Like when, you know, hearing you talk about that centering practice. Yes. If I go to my, you know, center and I can't find anything. Like, I just don't know anymore. I don't know what I want. I don't. If I were to create an ideal day, that's sort of a exercise I do sometimes with clients. And sometimes they're like, uh, I, I don't know what I would do. Uh, you know, I'm so used to just doing what other people want me to do. So what's a kind of first step that you would give somebody uh, to start to pull themselves, you know, out of that hole and into um, the W H O L E, the wholeness <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> of themselves. <laughs> <clears throat> so all of this is really like, we can use the analogy of, you know, muscle building. I would, I would suggest starting with something that's pretty low stakes. Yeah. And Ooh. that it does, that it doesn't involve anybody else. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty, pretty small. Uh, I'd start there and just say, what do I want? And, um, you know, mindfulness practices can help with that Mm -hmm. to just notice um, some deep breathing, slowing ourselves down. So, you know, I can, yeah, I can can tell pretty quickly um, with a new client that, you know, they're just on autopilot. Sometimes they're just, they're moving so fast. Mm-hmm. And, and that's you know, sometimes a very self-protective um, mm-hmm. uh, measure that like, I can't stop. When I stop, I feel bad things. Yes. Yes. So I would start with something small. And I feel like another one of those foundational things that I would be amiss if I didn't say, but I've noticed about working with people pleasing and, and I'm so glad you're sharing your own stories as well, because I feel like that is, um, I feel like. I feel like I have a, um, a mandate. Uh, I have the, uh, the the responsibility to to share that I'm I'm putting these things to practice in my own life. Yeah, like, right. Because we are saying, hey, let me help you. Um, and what, especially in a hard relationship thing that I tell someone, they look at me and I'm like, look, I, I've done this too, and I'll tell uh-huh. you. And I'm willing to share my own personal experiences, not do as I do, just. Hey, this is like, Hey, this is, if this can help, if this, if I can give hope, if I can say, yep, I've got, I'm doing this hard work too. Um, I think that that's really helpful and takes away some of that hierarchy. But I noticed with people pleasing is that, and I use the word activation because it really is a bodily sensation Mm -hmm. and people who don't struggle with it are like, just, it's just about, just stop saying no, don't be a pushover. Right. Um, But a lot of the, the trauma specialists talk about most of our life is spent working around and not having to feel sensations in the body that are distressing. 
Ooh, yeah. Most of our life is spent working around the sensations in our body that feel distressing. Did I get that? Yeah. Oh, that is so fucking true. So it's yeah. in the body. We're avoiding. We just mm-hmm. want to avoid because when I stop, like this happened, this was my story, you know, 20 years ago when I really was very uncomfortable with being alone, being by myself. You know, mm-hmm. I had four kids, a husband, I was involved in all kinds of things, you know, like the idea of being alone for an hour was so unsettling for me. And I know now that that's because I had abandoned myself so much that being in solitude activated those feelings in my body that my busyness and my over-involvement in other people let me forget, you know, ignore whatever word you want to use around ignore is better than forget, but you know, you don't notice it. You don't see it because I'm so busy. I'm so doing for others. But if I stop that, I'm going to feel how shitty it feels inside of me from all those abandonments. Yes. Yeah. So keeping people around. Yeah. Stops you from having to feel the bodily sensations of abandonment, which if they're trapped in our bodies, you know, it's our, it's our self-preservation network, right? Trauma is actually, you know, our trauma responses are quite wise, even dissociation. And that might be another word, right? If you're going through an incredibly abusive situation, isn't it so smart of the body to go, let's go somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Let's, let's just block all this out. Like, yes, I feel like we're a different person. Reality isn't really real, right? Right. There's dissociation, depersonalization, derealization, like the body is so smart. So, so the body stores this sensation, right? And we don't, they're not always big T traumas. Sometimes they're a a bunch of little T traumas where if you try to go against your parents or, or speak up as a child or something happened in school or with a neighbor, it doesn't have to be this big T thing, but whatever that memory or that thing is, your body has stored it as a sensation so that it's like, up. yeah right and 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 gets you like oh and it really is protective it's saying like "Mm, i wouldn't do that if i were you remember it's not safe for you to have an opinion because then someone they're gonna leave you right and that's right right yes you're it, it usually boils down i mean for me and everybody i've coached it boils down to a feeling where you you feel like you're gonna be unsafe like even to the point of as much as the rational mind as a, an adult might argue with this, I felt like I would die. Like that's how unsafe. And of course, then in my mind, like, well, Brenda, you're not going to die if you say no to your husband. I mean, you know, right. right. But it doesn't matter. That's the emotional. That was the emotional charge that it had on me. And so, of okay. course, I didn't say no to him. Right. You know, if I can can explain even deeper, um, and this might help people when you feel like, oh, it's so silly. Like, of course, I'm an adult. I know that I can say no, but it gets stored and trapped in the um, developmental phase that it happened to you. So the earliest time that you felt that fear. Right. The, 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 the belief is going to be trapped as a four-year-old, as a five-year-old. And that's why even talk therapy sometimes isn't really um, 
you know, it's resistant because, you know, that's yeah. not where it is. It's in. Yeah. So, so I try to help clients um, get into their bodies and yeah. uh, even EMDR therapy for people pleasing, I think can really be helpful to desensitize the feeling in your body. So anytime, any kind of like somatic work. Um, yeah. So just for people who don't know, sure. um, and then I've, I also want you to tell us a little bit about your, I love the name of your um, group coaching program, Reset Yourself for Love. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll use this to sort of segue into that because I'm sure there are some connections, but the um, somatic work and the EMDR, sure. tell, tell people who don't yeah. know what that is. Yeah, sure. EMDR, um, the shortest way to explain it, it's just one of the trauma, you know, modalities, the trauma um, treatment. And it it taps into the eye movement that um, we believe happens in REM sleep and it processes unstuck memories and sensations and emotions. I just did some last night with a client who um, was really having a difficulty uh, getting past a a trauma in his work life. And um, just to watch the brain make, our brain has a system inside that that will make the connection to our adaptive processing network. Mm -hmm. aka that adult side of course of course it wasn't my fault of course I'm not that same person but talk therapy actually couldn't talk him out of that that's right I'm so with you I'm so with you and this is part of why I think it's so important to normalize getting help like going through the process find your therapist find your coach Whatever it is, it's not going to be your BFF. They're a great, yep. you know, maybe support system. Yes. But these things, these kinds of things we're talking about are isolating, right? Like you feel as you abandon yourself for these other people and to, and really to protect yourself. You're right. It's a very, it's very much a self-preservation at some point Yes, that served you that just isn't serving you anymore. And all of that can feel so isolating. If you add on to it, I have to figure out how to get out of this by myself. Yes. Like that is just too much. Yes. And so I, if I could have a mission in the world that would please me so much, it would be to normalize. I mean, Oprah's really working on it. And I think she probably speaks <laughs> to more people than I do. Uh, but, you know, really normalizing this, hey, I, I don't have to figure this out by myself. Right. I don't need to be so strong, whatever, you know, that I can break this habit alone. I mean, there's just no reason to do it find the therapist, find the coach, find the modality that works for you, you know, get in the group. So tell us about your reset yourself. Yes. Yes. Well, before we go, is it okay if I give one other little tool? Yes, please, please. I'm all about the tools. Good. (laughs) Because yeah, like getting into therapy is maybe a larger project, but I think where you can start and also I encourage everyone to go get into therapy and um, you can check me out if you live in the state of California uh, Mm -hmm. for therapy. Uh, for coaching, it's it's it's, it's all open, um, but what you can start to do is there's two things. There's two uh, tools I, I love to teach everyone, and uh, they are emotion surfing and distress tolerance. So the mm. first one is distress tolerance, and it really is just the reminder, <laughs> activating that muscle that you you are going to feel distressing sensations in your body and you can tolerate them. 
Mm, yes. We don't have to run away from it. No. And yeah. so, so then shut down just, from it. Right. So then it's just, okay, what's going to be your little, you know, <laughs> what's going to be your, your, your soother? Is it going to be deep breathing? Is mm-hmm. it going to be a sensory toy? Is it going to be a weighted blanket? Right. Like if you have to send that email to your boss, right. Like right, right afterwards, are you, you know, or yeah. are, are you eating a bowl of chicken noodle soup or ice cream? Right. right. Are you going to call a friend. Are you going to go walk by the beach? Um, yeah. You know, are you going to get your aromatherapy out? So just knowing that you, and I just, I love it when people start to feel equipped and and have agency to, cause right. Cause it just feels like, so to go into the second one is emotion surfing, right? If you've gotten into some deep waves, it can feel panicky. And I, and, and I feel like that's kind of what we feel like if you're just bombarded with these um, intense emotions. You can just feel it knocked you down. You know, you're getting sand in your face and water in your eyes. Uh, But emotion surfing is just the realization and sort of even you could take it into a visualization that all emotions come and they ebb and flow like waves. None of them ever stay exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. Don't stay happy. We laugh at a joke and then it just kind of dissipates, right? Right. Uh, we get frustrated at traffic and eventually it can kind of die down. So a, a great thing you can do is just imagine that, like that, that distress. If you have to say, uh, I'm like, no, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that, you know, mm-hmm. and then just watch that distress or that fear or their anxiety kind of crest and then just drop. Yeah, I love that. It's so funny. That just made me think. Uh, so many times I'll have clients say, and I used to say this to my therapist, I feel like if I open that door to this emotion, you know, whether it's grief or anger or whatever, I'll never come out. Like it's going to just take over and I'll never stop. You know, I'll never be able to stop it. We don't think that about happiness. I've been happy plenty of times and I was never like, oh my gosh, I hope I don't get stuck here in happiness because everything does ebb and flow. And so do those emotions that we're afraid of experiencing, you know, afraid of, of surfing that one, you know, so we, we resist it and then it just subconsciously keeps building and building and building. Yeah. Yeah. If, I could, if, if, if this can, you know, rally some hope, and this is from my, my EMDR training. Uh, we remind people that when the emotions come up, it's just old stuff. You've actually mm-hmm. already survived the worst. Yeah. This is old stuff. Yeah. And just right. Remind, remembering that whatever caused you to be afraid of abandonment or people's emotions, it already happened to you and you already survived the worst. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. That's very mm-hmm. good. Wonderful. That's mm. a good place to stop, huh? Yeah, that is. That mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We have. We've already done it. Yeah. So uh, tell people how they can find you. Um, we'll have the show the in the show notes. We'll have yes. links um, for Valerie. We'll have a link for the Reset Yourself for Love. That's a group. Yeah, if I could talk about that just for a minute, sure. I had so many clients saying, that's it. I'm done with dating. I'm giving up. I got to take a break. Uh, Maybe I just need to work on myself. And I started thinking like, well, yeah, that's what we're doing in therapy. And what if you could take a break and go back to dating with more confidence, with more clarity, understanding yourself, knowing what it like, 
like knowing what a catch you are and also yeah. being able to hold, well, yeah, these are the things I don't really love about myself and it's okay, right? I'm not distressed when I think about them, right? Um, part of my framework is reclaiming um, the stigma that is on, on being single. I've had clients, oh. you know, pausing life yeah. Uh, because they didn't have a partner. And I get asked the question a lot, like, what could you go back and tell your 20 year old self? And I, 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 I always say that your worth isn't dependent on whether or not you're chosen by someone. I had yeah. felt like I was just, you know, a box on the, on the shelf and no really? one was choosing me. Yeah. And then yeah. I was disgusting or I right. was right? Not, not wanted. Uh, so we reclaim that and kind of like, I, I think some people are trying to like uh, lie to us about how amazing it could be to be on your own and make those choices, right? Yeah. And all the things that looking for love is tough and love is amazing. It feels so good to be loved for who you are. And it's also not everything. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That, that's everything. so good. And being able to like hold all of those, all of those things are true. Yeah. I've been single now 21 years. Uh, and with that couple of years with that one last relationship in the yeah. middle there, but oh my gosh, I love being single, you know? And yeah, there are things about it that suck the way there are things about being in a relationship that suck, you being know, being in a relationship is hard work. Yeah. you happy, but it will not fix what you're thinking. It's exactly. going to be. Exactly. And being being single or being in a relationship is sort of something that we don't have control over yeah I mean, unless you're you know you're taking <laughs> you're, you know unless you're like getting a mail order it's not something yeah. you can control so then how do we lean into like well then let me just love the life I have and and yes. claiming that and um we we identify um maybe old hurts and wounds that patterns this is where I access friends right mm. tell me the things that your friends are like yeah, not do that again. Right. <laughs> or you keep picking the same person. I'm like, okay, tell me about that. Because yeah. if that were that easy, you wouldn't need like, right? If you're like, oh yeah, right. you're right. Like, there's something deeper. So yeah. I um we we regroup, we gather on the doula, and we send you back out into dating um in, with a different sort of confidence and hope. Uh, actually, yeah. it can feel dire and dismal, but um it can feel very good. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, Valerie, thank you so much. It's been a joy having you on Liberate Your People Pleaser. And I look forward to all the work that, you know, seeing your impact in the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that's what we're here for, right? Yes. Is to yes. make that impact. And um, so thank you again for being with me. Uh, thank you so much. And, and thank you for making the impact in your corner. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Here's my invitation to you. Keep loving yourself enough to stay on this inner journey of liberation. And the good news is you don't have to do it alone. None of us do. So I hope you will continue to connect with me. I would love to have you post a five-star review on whatever podcast outlet you listen to the episode on today. New episodes come out every week. You can find me on Instagram at Brenda Florida Coach, on Clubhouse as B Florida. You can click the link in the show notes for my free resources and other information. 
And last but not least, you can book a connection call with me and we can explore whether or not now might be the right time and whether or not I am the right coach for you to help you on your journey of liberation. I can't wait to connect with you.